Good evening, Saints fans and NFLers around the world. Welcome to the Who That Dish podcast, a podcast dedicated to all things New Orleans Saints. As a part of Fanside, I'm your lovely host, Tyler Raymond. And I'm also your host, Dayton Brown. We apologize for the delay in the episode releasing this week. Originally, we always release it on Monday. Obviously, today is a Friday. Most of you will probably be listening on a Saturday. Sorry for the delay. Yep. Um, had some scheduling problems. And then when we actually wanted to record on Wednesday, or or sorry, when we were actually able to record on Wednesday, uh, Skype was down, uh, which is just our luck. Yep. Skype was down for the day for everybody, not just for us. But uh, better late than never. Uh, we are here. The Saints are 3-2. and two. We're going to get to the game in, in just a little bit. They're going into Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers without Aaron Rodgers on Sunday. We will also talk about that a little bit later. Um, but first of all, Tyler, how you been, man? I have been. I am really good. I am excited good. that the Saints are finally showing some dominance on the defensive yeah. line. I am excited that people can actually take the Saints seriously. I'm very excited that the NFL is actually giving credit to the New Orleans Saints. It's funny, as a fan of uh, Good Morning Football, uh, they even mentioned blatantly, they're like, yeah, the Saints aren't usually a team that we give credit to, you know, because they don't deserve the credit when you're 7-9 and nine or, you know, when you're not above 500. So, right. they're doing well. I'm excited. How about you? I- I'm super pumped. Defense is dominating. The first time I've, I've ever been actually happy and very impressed with the way a Saints defense has played through like this consistent so I'm excited and Drew Brees is still playing while our offense is still being ran uh fantastically uh so let's just jump into it as far as um articles of the week go we will not unfortunately be doing that this week just because neither Tyler and I have an article and most of the articles are obviously discussing um just the the Saints win and kind of previewing the Packers. So uh, we'll be back with it next week, but just due to some time constraints and whatnot, just go to hootaddish.com, read some of the fantastic articles from all of our writers. Um, and uh, But but Monday we will be back with articles of the week to, to delve into some specific ones. But for now, just the entire site is the article of the week. So Absolutely. So shall we dive into our first main topic? Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. So the first main topic of the night, guys, the New Orleans Saints manhandled the Detroit Lions last week by a score of 52-38. to At first glance, it looks a lot closer than you expect. When your defense puts up 21 points alone for the first time ever in a 51-year franchise, your defense scores three touchdowns. And, yeah, it's a really good game to discuss yeah. that we're going to be talking about for you guys. And a couple other things about it that just uh, New Orleans uh, – <laughs> <laughs> Drew Brees didn't have the best of games. Uh, he actually had a pick six. Uh, just some points there that it would have been a lot farther away game for the Saints. They would have uh, the gap wouldn't have been so close if right. it weren't for Drew Brees and company. Yeah. So yeah, they won fifty-two to thirty-eight. Let's dive in about it. Yeah. So the one was very impressive, very reminiscent of uh, one of the games that we referenced. I referenced actually last week when we had Charlie on the show. Um, it was the um game the saints played last year against the giants when it was right around the same score as like 52 to 49 the saints ended up winning this game was kind of like that except a little bit more um like obviously defensive points but defensive specialties uh that game against the giants was all offense absolutely no defense this game was a little bit different um let's dive into some specific stats for individual players first of all most impressive thing about drew Brees that jumps off 
automatically to me is the fact that he got sacked zero times that game. Zero Ooh, sacks, didn't good. lose any yards. That's fantastic. Unfortunately, he just didn't do enough to earn good ratings. Uh, yeah. and, and, I mean, his two interceptions didn't help either, but he did have two touchdowns, 186 yards, 20 of 30. Uh, his rating was 77.9 and his QBR was 33.7. Take with that what you will. They're all obviously um, calculated uh, and there's still some room for error. But, you know, overall he did a good performance and he did enough for us to win the game. That's the most important part. Mark Ingram, who won NFC, it was clutch performance of the week by the NFL. 25 carries, 114 yards for two touchdowns. He was the star of the day. Alvin Kamara also had 10 carries for 75 yards. The first game without Adrian Peterson. The rushing game was fantastic. Take with that what you will. Ted Ginn Jr. actually led the team in um, receiving yards at 66. Ingram led the team in receiving um, total receptions with five for 36 yards. Uh, Ted Ginn Jr. also had a touchdown along with who, man, uh, which was fantastic <laughs> to see him do that. Michael Thomas... Only had 11 yards, but he did have three receptions. So, obviously, he was getting the ball just for not a lot of yards. Yeah. Uh, he uh, he was targeted six times, so about 50% completion rating to him. Um, again, we had a total of uh, three turnovers, two interceptions, one fumble, uh, lost by Mark Ingram. The officiating on those calls were not very good, though. So, essentially, they shouldn't have been turnovers. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, Craig Robertson stepped up. Uh, he, he led the team in tackles with 11. Only player with double-digit tackles. Uh, Marcus William, Cam Jordan, Von Bell, Ken Crawley, and Marshawn Lattimore all had over five. Marshawn Lattimore also had a pick six, as did Cam Jordan. Uh, and then Kenny Vaccaro uh, had a uh, fumble recovery in the end zone. Yep. And uh, well, that was forced by Alex Okafor. So, yeah, just great. So many stats. Had to just blow through that. Uh, so many good good things happened to the Saints. Tyler, what jumped out to you in the game? What impressed you? Uh, and uh, if you have any other stats, too, for the season, uh, go give those out. All right. Well, I just wanted to say I absolutely agree with everything that you said. You said it uh, very well that, you know, uh, Cameron Jory had a monster day. Mark Ingram had a monster day. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore is finally starting to make those key plays for the Saints defense. He's really been phenomenal. I just want to point this out. Although the score is 52 uh, to 38, the Saints defense only gave up 24 points, so which is really close to the average around 19, 20 points that they've been giving up per game, mm-hmm. which is uh, obviously a lot better than what they've done in years past. The, here's a, a quick stat for you. The Saints defense, uh, in the first two weeks, uh, they gave up 65 points. They had zero interceptions and three sacks, uh, weeks one to two. Now, yeah. given weeks three through five, they've only given up four, 45 total points through three games, they've compiled seven interceptions, 13 sacks, seven forced fumbles, and three defensive touchdowns scored. It's like a whole so new I'm, defense. It's like a brand yeah. new team. Yeah, absolutely. I just think right now that, you know, uh, have you ever seen the show Extreme Home, uh, yeah. Extreme Home Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is, we're seeing a before and after here for the Saints yep. defense. Nobody expected. Move that uh, bus. Move that bus. <laughs> and the bus so, like, happened that, to be Rob yeah. Ryan. Yeah, move like. that Saints team, right? Move that Saints <laughs> defense. But nobody expected anywhere near the production that the Saints would be having right now. The point players, when we look at years past, what everyone usually, what the Saints usually do every year, it's usually more a, comp- a compilation throughout the year, not just so many sacks, so many forced fumbles, so many yeah. interceptions, like in so many few yeah. games. This defense is putting the saints over the top right now yeah honestly right now as good as the offense has been it hasn't been very good right now considering what we're used to this defense is the reason why the saints are three and two 
Yes. It, it's just a matter of fact that at the end of the day, when you have great players playing on your side of the ball, yeah, getting turnovers for your offense is phenomenal. But yeah. other than that, um, this is the first time since uh, since 2009 the Saints have had more uh, rushing yards and passing yards. Um, wow. Other things for me that I didn't like, uh, they didn't break the turnover record. We were previously talking about how um, how the Saints, if they didn't have any turnovers this game, that they didn't commit any turnovers, they they would have been one of the few teams in NFL history to go five games without it. Unfortunately, they didn't do that. The second half offense stalled, although they did produce points at times. They were two for 12 on third down. I think when Willie Sneed gets acclimated, I think that'll change. But um, other than that, you know, we talked about the Cameron Jordan, Mark Ingram, Marshall Lamar. They all had phenomenal days, games. You know, but yeah, and the defense is actually really aggressive now, which is good. Forces the turnovers, gets the sacks. Yeah. Uh, and and they're also mentally tough and mentally that th- their football IQ is is through the roof uh, with Dennis yep. Allen behind the helm. So props to the defense. If you had to give the game ball, who would you give it to? Because I kind of could, I was conflicted with this. I ended up going uh, with Mark Ingram. I almost went with Cam Jordan, but uh, Mark Ingram was much. Who who would you pick? Okay, well uh, let me first off say we were talking about, about the defense that this defense is. I think serious to a point where they know where they stand. They they think in their minds they're not good enough right now, and I think that's really surprising. I, I saw on Twitter that Kenny Vaccaro kept a gas mask uh, in his locker room because they don't want to get into the hype right now. You know, because obviously if the defense gets over cocky, they're going to start making mental mistakes. It's just going to collapse. But right. I just wanted to give props to him and all of them for that. But if I had to give a game ball, it'd probably be for uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Here's why. Obviously, we know that the rookie's been very productive. He's been essentially locked down these past few weeks that he's been starting. But the fact that he got a pick six, uh, although he was pretty close, if you saw the video, folks, you saw that he was pretty close to the opposing team's uh, end zone. But he picks off Matt uh, Matt Stafford, I believe, on uh, a ball that was flipping in the air. It just bolts it the other way. It was just, it was amazing. I would have, I would have given the ball to him. He's been phenomenal. And the funny part is people are talking about right now, Oh, so where's Delvin Bro? Uh, for those who don't know, Delvin Bro right now is uh, back at practice, and eventually he might be added into the defense at some point. Oh, people are wondering, where is Delvin Bro going to be added? Um, my take? Nowhere. Ken Crawley and Marshawn Lattimore, Lattimore are playing locked down right now, basically. They're really yeah. good. And even a healthy Delvin Bro, even a rookie Delvin Bro, when he, that first year, I still believe Ken Crawley and Marshawn Lattimore have got this over him right now. Yeah, but yeah. Marshall I still think Lattimore. I still think Devlin Bro will get some significant playing time, especially Maybe with you know Devonta Harris, and not that good. Uh, at least hasn't been playing that good this season at all. Uh, we saw opening night, and his benching kind of helped change that defensive round as to what it is right now. Um, so I still think Delvin Bro will see some playing time, but I agree with you. I think the starters are s- solidified, and maybe we play Delvin Bro a little bit and make him trade bait. That's possible, you know. You trade him uh, un- unless we are contenders for the Super Bowl, you know, b- uh, before the trade deadline. Uh, we might trade him to a uh, you know contender and, and and see what we can get back. That's all hypothetical, may not happen, but good choice. And Marshawn Lattimore getting the game ball. Um, so. Last point before we move on to the second and final topic. Uh, the Saints are at 3-2, and two, 
First time being yep. over 500 since 2013. They're currently second in the NFC South, only trailing the Panthers, who they beat in Week 3. And yep. if the playoffs had started today, and this, you know, regular season and the playoffs started today, the Saints would be sixth. They would be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, also for the first time since 2013. So... Now that you're looking towards the season, we can kind of take the schedule into effect. You don't have to go too in-depth with the schedule or anything. But how is their season shaping up now? Do you see them? Because I'm a little bit more, obviously, with the wins, you get more confident in them. But I don't think any of these wins are flukes. I think that this is actually a changed team who is going to be able to make the playoffs. And they, at this point right now... I know I've said it in the past, they wouldn't be able to, but I think at this point right now, they're going to be competing for the NFC South yep. division title. Do you agree with me? I agree, and I'll get into in-depth a little bit about this. I think right now, obviously, you know, the main reason, like I have said earlier, the main reason why the Saints are doing so well is because because of the defense. Obviously, this defense right now isn't phenomenal enough where they're going to stop you they're going to stall you 100% of the time, every single time. You're going to get yards on this defense, most likely through the air. That is a given. But what the Saints are doing right now is they are causing so many turnovers. They are causing forced fumbles. They are getting a lot of pressure, more pressure than we expected right now through this, uh, through the defensive line. Nobody expected Alex Okafor or Haole Kikaha or even Trey Hendrickson. He's been doing yeah. well. Yeah, I've been impressed with pressure. Hendrickson. And I think right now is, I'm just, it's really fascinating to me how even with an offense that isn't, that hasn't been phenomenal, uh, as the Saints right now, they haven't been amazing in the red zone. They haven't been amazing on third down. This team is still three and two. Now, about the schedule, I think I want to look at the next four games. The next four games for the Saints you have at Green Bay, which is going to be this Sunday. You have uh, your home for Chicago, which is the week after. You have home for Tampa Bay, which is the following week after that, and then you have at Buffalo. I think I wouldn't say I wouldn't like to say easy easily, but I think right now the Saints could end up going seven and two if they continue to play with this dominance on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. I look at the schedule as a whole, and I think the four biggest matchups the Saints are gonna have to look out for are oh, well three. I'm gonna say the Redskins, no four. The Redskins, the Rams, the Bills, and the Packers. I think the Packers right now, even though they obviously will uh, get into this in a little bit, but even though Aaron Rodgers is down, uh, the Saints haven't fared the best in the past against rookie quarterbacks that they don't have a lot of tape of. Yeah, and I think the Bills right now are a very dominant team with their defense, and I don't want to underestimate Tyra Taylor. But as it goes right now, if the Saints continue to play the way they are going, I believe I agree with you. The Saints will be in the playoffs now. Yeah. If they win the division, that's a different story because I still haven't seen Atlanta against the Saints. I, I still don't know if Tampa Bay is going to be a flip or flop team. I don't know if uh, Carolina is pretending or contending, but yeah, yeah, right now it's looking good for the Saints. Seven and two would obviously be uh, the dream scenario and would put us yeah, in a fantastic really position. Be. It would already match the amount of wins that we've ended with uh, <laughs> each of the past three seasons, so that would be yep. uh, uh, just fantastic. Yeah, I agree with you about the defense the more that you talked about it just because they aren't really a team who is going to stop you every down like you know say the Seahawks did when they won the Super Bowl or uh, the Broncos did a couple years back when they beat the Panthers in the Super Bowl Uh, that's not the kind of defense you're getting but it's on its way I think that we could have that type of defense in two to three years and right now this is just kind of like the demo version of it and it's working out 
amazing for us. Uh, we just have to be a little bit more disciplined going down the road. Uh, before we move on uh, to the break and then to the second segment, wanted to go over some of the Twitter polls we put in. Uh, right now, we have an on. We have actually two polls going right now. Uh, the first is, if the Saints lose one game of the next four, who do you think it will come from? Kind of what Tyler was talking about. Packers, Bears, Buccaneers, or Bills. Be sure to vote right now. The Bills are winning, uh, which is who I had uh, voted for. Uh, the other one is, with the losses of Nate Stupar and Alex Anzalone, which linebacker do you see making the biggest impact for the Saints on defense and special teams? Um, it's Craig Robertson, Adam Big Hill, who actually got cut, then got re-put back onto the practice squad, so yep. uh, questionable right there. Uh, Michael Motti or Gerald Hodges. Uh, right now, Craig Robertson is winning, and that's also who I voted for. So yeah, I'm, obvious I'm with the Houdat Nation. Yeah, pretty much yeah. Uh, both of them. And then um, just to recap the poll that we had earlier this week because of uh, St. Charlie, uh, who was on the show uh, last week, uh nfl fans after our chat with saint charlie yesterday about the passion in london should the league put a franchise there uh the options were no not in the near future no ask again in 10 years yes move a team there yes start a new franchise 40 percent of you said no ask again in 10 years the more we started talking about it in the group chat with the Huda dish people the more we thought about you know all of the actual traveling if they really wanted to play in in uh the states often um the time differences um the money like is it really going to be able to be sustained? There's so many fans there who are fans of actual teams in the States. It would be hard for them to just become fans of one team, even though it is in their home country. So it's just difficult. Um, but yeah, 40% of you said no, ask again in the future. 38% of you said no, not in the near future. So almost 80% of you said no, at least not right now. So, but um, yeah. So we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to preview the Saints' next game, which is in Lambeau Field, but doesn't seem as scary compared to years past right yeah yeah we'll talk about that when we come back all right guys and we're back thanks so much for continuing to listen tao you still awake man yeah wake up man. let's go (laughs) um so yeah the saints will head to green bay to take on the four and two packers obviously aaron Rodgers had that broken collarbone he suffered against minnesota this week so the Packers will be without Aaron Rodgers for the rest of the season meaning this game against the Saints uh Brett Hudley takes over the offense it's going to be interesting um but yeah unfortunate injury to Aaron Rodgers obviously our thoughts are with him he's one of the best players in the league and most likely is going to be into the Hall of Fame um but yeah he's going to miss the rest of the season including this so like you said earlier, we don't have a lot of tape on Brett Hudley. Uh, but give me some of your general thoughts on the game. You know, do you think Brett Hudley will do good? You know, let, let's say the Saints are able to figure out what he's doing. Is he still going to be able to make some magic happen? Or do you think the Saints would be under control? Well, I'm just going to first mention, I think the Packers as a whole are a very well-coached team. I think right now, uh, when I look at the roster, obviously they have a lot of injuries. This team isn't specifically good at one specific position i think they have a lot of talent throughout the team you you look at they have the linebacker i forget his name uh, clay matthews yep clay matthews he's very good they have a couple really good players on the defensive line they have some good all uh, wide receivers i think right now the team as a whole isn't very very top notch but they have some good talent there at certain positions now with brett humley Obviously, with Mike McCarthy as their head coach, you have a well-coached team, and I'm sure they are already prepared for the Saints as far as the coaching goes. Now, Brett Hundley, he isn't as... I'm going to say he, he's more of a, a dual threat than just a, a pocket passer quarterback. 
he's going to be someone that will uh, that doesn't run and throw downfield like Aaron Rodgers right. is, you know, leaving the pocket and then throwing. He's one of those players that if he leaves the pocket, he's going to be running. He's going to be Cam right. Newton. Yeah. So I think right now, I wouldn't I wouldn't overestimate or I wouldn't underestimate uh, Brett Hundley right now. Obviously, he's a rookie. Well, not he's a, he's not a rookie, but he has a few years in this offense. I obviously it's the first time the Saints are playing him, but I wouldn't underestimate him because the Saints aren't very good when it comes to playing against a quarterback that they have no experience against. Even though it may yeah. be this new, fresh defense, I, I think right now what he's capable of, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I would, I've would. i heard in other podcasts, I agree, it's funny. Um, actually, I like to listen to a lot of different uh, podcasts. And uh, Rev Deuce Windham on uh, Twitter, he actually has a podcast of his own. And him and, uh, him and his co-hosts were mentioning how you might need to put a, a spy on him. And yeah. all of our linebackers, you know, wh- whoever is most athletic, we should probably put a spy on Humley so he doesn't have the option to escape the quarterback. But I don't know. With that being we... – sorry, sorry, just to expand yeah, on that saying. real quick before I go to the next point. Um, ju- I, I, I kind of agree with that, but at the same time, Green Bay's receiving core is so talented and, and fairly deep that if, if we have a spy linebacker, that's going to take one more guy out of coverage – and I yeah. think that Green Bay receivers are going to be able to get open easier. Look, Brett Hudley knows the offense. He knows where his receivers are going to go. It just depends on if he's going to be able to, like you said, move around outside of the pocket and make nice throws. Is that going to happen? Well, it's going to be a lot easier for him if his receivers are more open. So while I agree that having having a spy does actually seem good, it seems pretty smart, um, it, it could end up biting us. So, But yeah, that's, that's something here. interesting to watch for. Huh? That's something interesting to watch for, for sure. Oh, I will say this, though. So, uh, it's funny. I'm thinking about right now, when I watch, uh, you know, like, uh, the Saints defense, surprisingly enough, uh, most of the time they're actually rushing with uh, three defensive linemen, uh, you know, uh, different defensive linemen, three, instead of four, and then they rotate in on on blitzes, different safety blitzes, blitzing the linebackers. So, I think, honestly, right now, though, if they could go with a three-man front most of the time, it's actually winning. Here's my counter argument to that. What you said. I got you. Yeah, uh, that's. Then use that extra light. Use that extra uh, defensive player that you typically wouldn't be using. Uh, you know, to have like four up front because you're using three instead. Use that extra lineman to a spy on Humley because you figure too. We just saw in the Lions game that we even had Cameron Jordan uh, in coverage. And yeah. Surprisingly, he fared pretty well. So. Right. Who knows? I. I mean, you just got to keep him contained because yeah. the last thing the Saints want is a quarterback they haven't played before to run down the field or to throw throw open a wide Jordy Nelson. or you know, I mean, it's just a matter of keeping him contained and getting pressure against their offensive line because right now the Packers are severely injured and if the Saints can get a lot of pressure and, you know, make Hunley throw off target, make him throw weird passes, you know, if we could just get in his face a bit, Obviously, they'll be in our favor. But. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's all about a balance of the guys we have on the field. We can only have 11 guys on the field playing defense. You can't have, you know, everybody cover exactly what you want to cover just because you're limited by numbers. Virtually is how the Saints defense is right now with how you handle Brett Hudley, mainly because you don't have film on the guy. That That's the main yeah. thing. Uh, RG3 pops into my head as, as one of the quarterbacks. Saints didn't have a lot of film on, and he dominated in his very first game in the NFL. Um, but... Give me a percentage. Give me two percentages. 
Mm-hmm. They don't have to be too complex or anything. Just first thing off yep. the top of your head. Uh, give me your percentage of how the Saints' playoff chances are right now in this moment, and give me their chance, their percent chance, if they beat Green Bay and Lambeau, what their percent. It's funny. I actually woke up the stats with this, and right now at 3-2, the Saints have a 62% chance of making the playoffs. Now, my percent, like my own personal belief, I'm, whether I think they will make the playoffs, I'm going to say... 55 percent i'm gonna mm-hmm. say right now because as great as the defense has been i i think personally that everything has to come to an end at some point i think there are going to be games where you might not have uh the saints defense acquire five six sacks in one game they might not get any turnovers in one game so obviously it's gonna you know there could be losses and i think right now i'm gonna say 55 percent and if they beat lambo uh, raise that to sixty five percent because okay. I think Green Bay is still a very good team, and you know that's two very good teams that the Saints will have beaten in Detroit and in uh, Detroit and Green Bay yeah. to keep everything rolling. So yeah. obviously, yeah, fifty five and sixty five. How about I, you? I would say fifty five as well. Fifty fifty five, right around there. Um, yeah. Mainly because I don't know how good Carolina is. I don't know how truly good Atlanta is either, and we don't know yeah. if if the Buccaneers, like you said earlier, are. A bust or, or if they are actually going to pick it up and, and start playing really well we don't know the health of Jameis Winston all that stuff so right now it's like 50 55 percent uh, I'm confident in the Saints obviously it just depends on how the rest of the division works itself out obviously it's easier now with Aaron Rodgers out to try to grab a playoff spot um, but if they are to beat the Packers in Lambeau Field, even though Aaron Rodgers is not the quarterback, I say their chances jump up to about 70 percent I'd go a little like five more percent higher than you because to win on the road like that uh, and it depends on how well the win is, how, how good we look, to go on the road in historically fantastic stadium, and by fantastic, I mean, you know, they're loud, they're great for their team, they get the job done, um, in a very important game for the playoffs against a fairly talented team, even though they're without their leader, uh, to win that game, that just speaks a lot of volume to me as to how this team is ran and, and how good they truly are. Um, so it would jump out about 15 to 20% for me if they were to win, which which is kind of a, you know, bigger um, pump up, you know. But mm. uh, I, I, I see them. That's crazy that they're 62% right now. That's really awesome. I like that. I like that a lot. So and, um, go ahead, man. Oh, I was just going to say, when you look at the NFL right now, uh, we mentioned this on – uh, we just mentioned this on uh, uh, what pa- a podcast were we just on? Uh, Dan. Oh, Joe, Lee, Joe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The Grind Joe. Hours uh, podcast. Yeah, check that out, guys. If you haven't, uh, check that out. I'll put a link in the article when it comes out, uh, the summary article about this podcast. But um, we look at it right now. No other team besides really the Eagles uh, has really jumped out as far as uh, you know steamrolling all the other teams. Exactly. So their only loss is to the Chiefs. We're now. Yep. Five and two. They just lost to the Raiders last night at the very last second. But um, I just think right now the Saints, if they had any other opportunity, it would be now. You know, if their defense is finally playing good enough, where we can just about put our shoulders on that team. If the offense doesn't get it done, the defense might. So right. even with the Saints struggling on offense, obviously they're getting points up. That's a, a good thing. The only thing that worries me is they're not utilizing some of the players like they could be. You know, Kobe Fleener right now, for example, isn't getting played enough. But I think that's just because of your using Kamara and uh, Ingram very good. And Fleener isn't really a blocking tight end. He's one of those tight ends where you just throw out the ball. He isn't really much for a blocker, same like Jimmy Graham. But 
I don't know. Despite the offensive struggles, I think right now that the NFL, the way it's seated right now, the cards are in the Saints' favor. It's just a matter of whether they choose to uh, hold the cards or play them. So. Yeah, I, I agree. With with everything you said, you summed that up very nicely. Um, Thanks. So, Tyler, getting time yeah. to wrap up this show. But before we go, we need to do score predictions for this game against the Packers. Very exciting game. Mm-hmm. It's going to be big. It's going to be huge. Um, give me a score prediction, man. 35 to 21 Saints. Who did? I like it. I like it. Uh, before I plug my own, I'm going to plug others from uh, Who Dat Dish. Our, yep. our editor, Roy Anderson, has the Saint has the Saints winning 27 to 16. Um, and St. Charlie has them winning 27 to 23. He has a, an interesting perspective on the game, or not perspective, prediction more so. Uh, very specific, but I like it. Uh, Hunley burns us early with some read option. Breeze drives down the field with a minute 45 left to score. Mm-hmm. And we win the game, which I I would go crazy. I told him like that would give me a heart attack if that happened. So, but yeah, um, yeah so twenty seven twenty three Saints, um, and then you also have them winning thirty five twenty one. Um, I think we are going to score um, forty one points this game. I think that we're going to ramp it up because their their defense is not that good. Packers, especially their secondary, um, and I don't think they're going to score a lot of points. So, call me a, a biased fan for this prediction, but I have the Saints winning forty one to seventeen. I think <laughs> it's going to be an absolute blowout think it won't even be close um but uh, it'll it'll obviously be fun for us to 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 watch those guys play so um yeah that's all we have for today you guys thank you so much for listening thank you so much for being patient too throughout the week um tyler let's let's close it out man yeah thank you yeah thank you everyone again for the uh uncontested support every week you guys tune in we appreciate that from the very bottom of our hearts so thank you for that so on twitter that's where we like to be that's where you guys should be besides who that dish because you should be there too Make sure to check us out on Twitter. You can follow the lovely Dayton Brown, the guy who's on the other side of this mic. You can follow him at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. You can follow me, Tyler Raymond. You can follow me at Raymond Tyler M. Make sure to follow our official Who That Dish podcast account at the WDD podcast. But, yeah, just make sure you tune in next week as we review the Saints-Packers game. Is it going to be a trap game, or do the Saints have this one? in their hands stay tuned guys it's gonna be a fantastic weekend of football a lot of good games going on nfl season is in full swing again guys thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you guys next week and don't forget to go to hoodaddish.com if you're not living there yet you should be thanks guys. yeah you should be